we are running and we're running. We're running and barking. Hello, welcome to the Media Bowl Podcast. Today is Wednesday, January the 15th, 2020. This is episode number 210. 210, I believe. I think this is 210 this week. Yep. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you are new to the Media Boat Podcast, we are a podcast that brings you news and thoughts about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. My feet are barking right now, so yeah, let's yeah. try and talk over it, and <laughs> maybe we can... Uh, Cool, cool down yeah, my my barking feet. Maybe something like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, it's January. Uh, it's still kind of in the doldrums, but looks like things are about to pick up as We're, we do finally have some big news. Stories. We have substantial news stories and we this have week. Some big thoughts this week. So let's get rolling right in <laughs> right. by starting with the movies section. And we always start movies. Oh, with the weekend box office. Weekend box office. And we had a little wager last week, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we did. I was wrong. Yeah, you were. I was wrong. Totally wrong. How wrong were you? Uh, To the tune of uh, millions and millions of dollars, because your number one movie this week uh, was 1917, which went wide last weekend. Getting that Golden Globe bump. I guess so. Uh, $37 million, uh, that's at $39 million domestic so far. Yes, it had $2 million made over the, what, two weeks it was released? Yeah, something like that. In Literally. limited theaters. This is something that will definitely benefit from continued exposure on award shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, coming in right behind it, uh, well, not right behind it, but behind it, Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker with another $15 million. That's at $478 million domestic. That thing will cross 500 Maybe. Probably. Maybe do it. Yes. Maybe. It's got another uh, holiday weekend coming up with uh, it, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It so does. We'll see. Right, but that domestic is still a far cry from the yeah. $900 million okay. that uh, The Force Awakens did. It's definitely not doing those numbers. And even the 750 uh, that Last Jedi did. Yeah. Or did it do 800 domestic? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I'm the wrong Number three, Jumanji 2, the next level. $14 million. That's at $257 million domestic. It, Nothing to sneeze at if no. you're Sony. Get across that 250 mark. They're probably super happy with that franchise. Mm-hmm. Two two hits in a row for that uh, probably makes them um, uh, maybe a little bit more comfortable about that upcoming Ghostbusters reboot. Maybe. Uh, don't be surprised <laughs> if you see Sony try and sign Dwayne The Rock Johnson mm-hmm. uh, production company Seven Bucks production yeah. to some sort of exclusivity deal. Because it's been so much of a moneymaker for them. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Number four, Like a Boss, uh, uh, premiered to only $10 million. I told you that was going to bomb. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm not. It's a comedy in January. Yeah, you're a comedy in January. I'm a comedy of all seasons. <laughs> a comedy, a comic for all seasons. Yes. Number five, Just Mercy. Michael B. Just, just okay. $9.7 million. Ah, uh, poor Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. And then, uh, in case you're wondering about Underwater, because I'm always wondering about Underwater, but your other premiere movie uh, last week, uh, Underwater. Uh, the Kristen Stewart film, where she is on the surface and everything's fine. But, but underwater, underwater, it's all chaotic. That was way in number seven, uh, with only $7 million. So, there you go. Yep. 
Upcoming, we actually have um, a couple of new releases this weekend. All right, what is the substantial new release this week? Bad Boys for Life. That Are is they? the third Bad Boys film. Yeah, but Finally. you know this means that when they do a sequel, they can't call it Bad Boys for Life. No. They could just call this one Bad Boys 3. <laughs> they could have. But no, they chose they chose this title. Bad Boys Try. Bad Boys for Life. Uh, so yeah, the third Bad Boys movie. So if you like those Bad Boys movies, this is another one. Bad Boys Triple Burnout. And then uh, if you want uh, some counter-programming for all that uh, action movie violence, you can take the kids to Doolittle, the most recent remake of Dr. Doolittle, uh, this time uh, starring Robert Downey Jr. Yes, uh, take your kids to see Iron Man talk to animals. Hey, yeah, sounds like a a good Saturday to me. Yes, uh, some, uh, what was it, projections, I saw that this thing is destined to fail. Oh yeah, no, this is a bomb. Like this is there's no way. There's no way it's gonna make up its money back. No, no way. So, uh, uh, bat, you you think of bad boys next week? Uh, um, uh, you think it can be thirty seven million dollars? I think it's thirty seven million. Well, well, it's half of thirty seven, so it's like seven. Yeah, I think it'll be do fine. (laughs) Like it's gonna go over twenty then. Yeah, I think I think you manage. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It's been a while. I think since we've had. An action movie like that. Right, but does anybody actually care? I will find out. I'm going <laughs> to say no. I want to take 1917 on the hold over here. Really? Yes. Okay, weird. Okay. All right, you want to take Bad Boys for Life? Yeah, I mean, it's a new movie. <laughs> All right. You know what? That's what we should do. We should keep a score tally this safe. season. Yeah, we already we're already lost on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for uh, new releases. Do you want to go to news or do you want to talk about thoughts real quick? Uh, let's run through news okay. real quick. Save the thoughts for after the news. I like your thinking. Yes. Because the big news story, of course, this week was one of the biggest movie news stories that we have every January, which is the announcement of the nominees for the Academy Awards. So, out of the 250 films that came out last year, yep. nine of them are now eligible for Best oh, Picture. So close to using the whole ten. I know. We're so close this year. Almost there are several movie. films that could okay. have easily filled that 10 So before slot. I li- uh, re- read the, 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 the nine nominations, what is the one they missed, in uh, your opinion? What is the one that should be number 10 here? Endgame. Endgame? That's uh, what everybody is saying, but I don't agree. <laughs> I know, but, you know, it's it's not it's not that it's for the film, yeah. but it's for like the culmination of what it stands, what it means sure. for it. It's Academy recognizing... Marvel, or just rather superhero films in general. Okay. Um, the other one I think got snubbed was um, Uncut Gems, from what yeah, I've been hearing. Yeah, that's my thing. Uh, that's my feeling is that, that that may have been where Uncut Gems would have been. But mm-hmm. no. Uh, other one would be Us. Got right. zero nominations. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe maybe the result of being so early in the year. I don't know. Maybe. Well. Here are the nine films that are nominated for Best Picture at this year's Oscars. All right, First up, Gold Globe winner 1917. Um, currently the favorite, I would put. Sure, unfortunately. Ford versus Ferrari. You haven't even seen it. Yeah, it's a, it's a war, another war movie. Yeah, it's right up the Oscar voting alley. No, that's why it's boring. 
Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, winning the dad Oscar. Winning the dad award. <laughs> uh, Netflix is The Irishman. Yes, winning the Martin Scorsese award. Uh, Taika Waititi is Jojo Rabbit. Winning the comedy award? I, I guess. Uh, Joker, which uh, the internet, I'm sure, is very divided on it showing up here. Yeah, um... I have I had my thoughts on that. Yes, thing. yes um, we, we can do. go We're back. I'm gonna reiterate to it. now. No, go back and listen to it. Joker is here. Uh, Little Women, which I will talk about uh, momentarily. I did see that this yes. past weekend. Finally, okay. um, Marriage Story. Oh, Netflix's Marriage Story. Yes, um, that is Kylo Ren and Scarlet. Uh, no, Black Widow, not Scarlet Witch. Kylo Ren and Black Widow discussing baby talk. Sure, yes. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because... The Quentin Tarantino Award. And the surprise of the nine, international film, Parasite. Which kind of goes alongside Roma, which won the international award last year, and also... it was still known as foreign film. Yeah, I think that's kind of what they're going to do now, is... Have at least one. Have at least one. One Um, But then again, that kind of diminishes the... Foreign film because it's on for best picture. Would it just automatically it win? It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't though because honestly, I think that <coughs> even if it doesn't have a chance to win here, I think it's cool to, for them to nom- nominate it. But also, uh, there's been no film on this list that I've heard more uh, buzz on my, people I follow on Twitter, my tw- Twitter circles, mm-hmm. than Parasite. Right. Like I've heard a lot of positive things about it. It doesn't seem like something I want to watch particularly, no. but it sounds like it's very good. So, so there you go. So, uh, those are your nine uh, best picture nominees. There, Joker leads all films with eleven total nominations for this week, this year, and will win one. Yep, maybe two because it's nominated for uh, best actor, of course, for Walking Phoenix. That's where it will win the one award. And best director, where they will, he will not no, win. he will not win. <laughs> Tarantino uh, got 10 nominations for uh, his uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, including Best Original Screenplay and Best Director. Might win for Screenplay? We'll see. We'll see. The Irishman in 1917 got 10 noms each, including Best Director and Cinematography. 1917 probably has the uh, leg up on cinematography, if I had to guess. Yes, I think so, based on what I've heard about the film. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson is double nominated this year uh, in both of uh, the acting categories, so supporting and lead. Uh, which she will win neither. Neither, no. Uh, Knives Out got its original screenplay nom, which I co- called. Yes, of course it won't win, but... I don't know it. about that. I think it has a chance. So I think it has still, a chance, too, still, but, you know. Still staying by that. Just watch. Toy Story say, 4. Quentin Tarantino always wins it for, for no reason. Uh, Toy Story 4, the only Disney film in the animated feature category, notable because that means that Frozen 2 is absent, absent from the list. The sequel to a Oscar-winning uh, best, uh, best animated feature. But that's not to say Frozen 2 didn't get nominated at all. It's later. Yeah, it got nominated the, for uh, Best Original best Song. Song for Into the Unknown. And I think that's just so they can get Idina Benzel out there <laughs> to, to perform. Come out perform. Yeah. Uh, Netflix uh, led the studios with 24 total nominations. Disney slash Fox, because they're one giant monster, came in second with 22 nominations. Uh, And the rest trailed. I mean, you have to include Fox in the slash Fox Disney, because a bulk of that is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, 
we'll of course do uh, more serious predictions uh, down the line. The uh, telecast is the uh, is February 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a day after a wedding for us, so we're going to be exhausted, but we'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> you might be exhausted. <laughs> You'll be more tired than I will. Uh, I might. Like, you're in the wedding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I have some vengeance to uphold. Uh-huh, I have a reputation to you uphold. Do have a reputation to uphold. Uh, so yeah, I might get beat out for that reputation. I'll talk about we'll that see. later. Okay, I'll, I'll hear all about it. I know you. Will. Um, the uh, the week the so the show before that we will go into our in depth nominations. But real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, what do you think uh, about these nominations? Are you generally uh, happy with it? Any surprises? Any snubs that you're shocked? Uh, snub, snub from Greta Gerwig not being nominated for yeah, Best Director. That makes me mad uh, because... Uh, surprise yeah. for uh, Cersei Rowan. for Cersei. Her, Cersei Ronan. Cersei. For I'm her not surprised at all. I third think. nomination... Watching that thing? In five years, I want to say? Yeah. Uh, watching yeah. that thing though, uh, totally earned. I okay. think she has a chance. Okay. I well. think this might be might be another win for her. Okay. Interesting. But uh, anyway, uh, others. I mean, the lack of um, the Lion King being an animated film is just a total snub in its own right. Yeah, but we talked that today. I know we talked about. We knew that, that was happening. We I know. Was coming. We knew that was happening because Disney didn't submit it yeah. as that nomination. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Disney's only having one film. Does this just is surprising? Does this mean that this is they're just gonna hand it to Missing Link? Like, Maybe that's. I feel like that the table is being set for that. Yeah, but I. To, I guess Toy Story does have said, a chance. Internet said Claws was good. Yeah, I heard some things. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, but then again. Leica and that stop motion animation is they always a have a habit of taking Disney's thunder. Yes, in this category, so they we'll day definitely do. Uh, but other than that, John Williams with another nomination. Yeah, kind of um, like a. Uh, I think that is seven decades like a, in a row. I think that's like a crowning achievement kind of Oscar. I think that they may give it to him just for the the saga. Right, but then again, that also means Alan Silvestri did not get it. Yeah. You did not get a nomination. I think that is a snub because yeah. that Avengers or, theme is kind of iconic now. Or we could be looking at a score upset mm. since the uh, woman who did the score for Joker won the Golden Globe. Right. So we're go- we basically into Oscar season with her being the favorite here. I mean, Dang her <laughs> being the uh, award favorite right. but not the big name favorite. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think that it's an interesting, a lot of these awards are kind of like that. A lot of these nominations are kind of like that, where it's like, it seems like it's a field with like, genuine, that could genuinely lead to some surprises. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some like, real close battles here uh, that I don't know if we can necessarily call it as easily as we could some years. I don't think so. Like but the Best Picture race, I think, is tight. I think we will see a split between Best Picture and Best Director. I think I think I agree um, because I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine those two lining up. I agree. And the only way it would line up is if somehow 1917 just builds up so much steam that is the obvious favorite. I don't. But I, I, I can't don't see. That see I can't see that coming either. I can't see Academy Award winner Sam Mendes. I just can't. Sir Sam Mendes. Sorry, Sir Sam Sam Mendes. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Okay. 
Okay, well, we don't need to dwell on it too no, long. We, have more. We, will, we will have uh, more specific uh, predictions as we get closer to the show. Right, but because the Academy Awards nominations yes. were literally the biggest news out there, a lot of other stuff just kind of trickled in and out. And that's why we bring to you some movie bits. The bits. The bits. The bits. Here's some rapid fire bits for you. First up, speaking of Netflix's 2020 Best Picture nominations, mm-hmm. the theater chains AMC, Regal, and Cinemark have chosen not to screen them in their theaters. <laughs> so that is two films they are leaving out. So, yes. Uh, so during uh, AMC's traditional. Uh, Best Picture Marathon, mm-hmm. you will not see uh, uh, Marriage Story or The Irishman. And that right there cuts out eight hours of <laughs> time. Yeah, so <laughs> save some time and watch them at home. That's what I say. Um, next up, uh, Bond. speaking of Sam Mendes, yes. uh, Bond movies, of course, traditionally have a theme song sung by a uh, contemporary female artist. Uh, except this, for not that, always female, I guess. I'll say we had... Generally uh, female. What was it? Not Char- Charlie Puth? No. Charlie Puth did it do one. Yeah, he did correct. do one. Um, the other guy did one too. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, th- th- historically, you also have like Paul McCartney and Wings. Paul McCartney, yes. Um, uh, no, the there guy- are examples. Yeah. Sam yeah. Smith, I think. Sam Smith, who I'm thinking of, yes. I'm trying to think of Sam Smith. Not Charlie Puth, you're right. But Sam Smith. Uh, I think Charlie Puth did do one. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Uh, but this year, uh, none other than um, um, Zoomer favorite Billie Eilish. Yeah. <sighs> We'll be doing the No Time to Die theme song. So look forward to that. Will it be produced by her brother Phineas? Probably. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, Billie Eilish and her mumbling sounds hey. of James Bond. I guess you could call it that. Uh, later I had fun rewriting Bad Guy to <laughs> be a Bond, Bond guy. guy. Yes. So I'm your Bond guy. Shoot <laughs> you with my gun guy. <laughs> Also in the midst this week, move on from that. Uh, Disney just loves giving up on directors, don't they? Because we have another one that bit the dust this week. Scott Derrickson is out of Doctor Strange 2 due to, quote, creative differences, unquote. Not that Scott Derrickson. But the director, Scott The director, Derrickson. Scott Derrickson. Who is the other Scott Derrickson? Some sort of athlete? Uh, no, isn't he the... Um... <laughs> Uh, Kardashian guy? What? I don't know. Maybe. I, I have well, no maybe, idea. Maybe it's not Scott, but that was Derrickson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> the guy who directed Doctor Strange 1. Yes, yeah, uh, not directing Doctor Strange Not back to direct Doctor Strange 2. Um, production is set to begin in May for a 2022 release, I believe? Something like that, 21? yeah. 21? 21 release. It's like the end of 21. It's like the summer release. Uh, but, yeah. We'll see. They need a new director within the next four months. I think they can figure something out. I'm sure they'll okay. be able to find someone. Name that director. Uh, you do it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, get the Parasite guy. Boon Young Hu. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> why not? Go. If we're making something up here, let's just throw a... Throw a Hail Mary here. I mean, hey, why not? I mean, the producer, uh, Kevin Feige and the team of producers basically make that film anyways. Director, being a director of a Marvel film is just a glorified position. It isn't, it isn't. I feel like you do have enough room for a personal stamp. Yeah. I think the, uh, the Russo Brothers movies are different from the other movies. For example. Yeah. Like, I think right. that there's enough room for a no, directorial. You're right. Um, 
It's just that the Russo style took over so much of the franchise. Well, it, at first it was the... Uh, first it was the Josh, Josh Whedon, Whedon style. style. And then kind of got usurped when people realized, uh, yeah, these guys are better. Yeah, uh, well, they're better storytellers. Yeah, they could manage uh, an ensemble film better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, James Gunn is a better... <laughs> Stylistic choice. Yeah, and of course, yeah, James Gunn, and of course, he's better at the comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they all do have their unique takes. I right. Think. But, anyways, our last bit, though, uh, Sony released a trailer for Morbius. This is part of their Spider Man villain film yeah. uh, conundrum universe that they're Yeah, that building they started up. with Venom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently, part of this deal is that they're going to use Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton as the vulture in this ah, film, so he, which may just be a cameo at the very end, but yeah. is put in the trailer to entice people to go see it. Got it. I bet that's what they're going to do, kind of like how in Tokyo Drift they kind of hyped up <laughs> that Vin Diesel was in it, but he yeah, was really just in the final like, shots. It was like, ah. I mean, we'll see, uh, unless they have a bigger, bigger idea for him. I mean. Like I said, this is part of Sony trying to set up their own Sinister Six film. Right. Where all the villains have been wronged by Spider-Man, and so they try to take down Spider-Man or, yeah. you know, reveal who Spider-Man is and Ooh. stuff. We'll Ooh. see. All right, cool. Well, we'll see about that. That's it for the movie Bits. There, I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for movies, which means we get to talk about some thoughts. All right, so we have one film that is relevant this year, and, and we have a bunch of old movies. Old movies. What, you want to talk first? Yeah, I'll talk about Little Women. All uh, right, it won't take very long. Okay, so, so Little Women adaptation Little Women. of the book, fourth time being adapted. Yes, uh, it's a story that has been adapted in a lot of a lot of media and a lot of times in kind of different ways. Uh, this, of course, is uh, Greta Gerwig uh, directing From here, directing Lady Bird. and writing. Uh, yep, after after kind of her Oscar, uh, her brush with Oscar with uh, Lady Bird. Yes, this is her trying at that that Oscar again. And as we just mentioned, she is nominated uh, for Best Picture, but not for director for it. And she's up for adapted screenplay, which I believe she has a chance to win here uh, because this is an excellent adaptation of the story. Okay. Uh, so, it's uh, really, really well shot, uh, well acted. Everybody in the ensemble cast is really great. Like, I have never been on the Emma Watson train. Mm-hmm. I've always thought she was kind of overrated, and, like, I don't really understand why all these guys are like, Emma Watson's so cute. I never really got it. Okay. But she is wonderful in this movie. She wonderful as an actor? Great. Yes. Yes. She is great in this movie. Saoirse Ronan. Excellent performance. I think she has a chance at the Oscar this year. So she will be pretty much going up head to head. Yes. Essentially, with Renee Zellweger for yes. Judy, in which I think she carried that film. I think, yeah, I think that that's the race because the rest of them can't win. I think that's the race is the two of them. Okay. So it'll be really interesting to see how close that is. I think Renee maybe has a leg up. I think uh, we'll have to wait till the, the biopic thing, which is like, oh, the biopic always wins. Right. I think we'll have to wait for the SAG Awards but, to come out. But Sersha definitely has uh, quite a performance here. And the film is so much focused on her character above all uh, that she does have a lot of time and room to really, really act her pants off. 
Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. Um, yeah, Greta's scr- screenplay is is like it's a good adaptation because it feels modern without actually being a modern take. Okay. Like it's very much still set in the time period of the original book, um, but the way that people uh, like are having conversations feels more modern. Uh, just because of the way that they're trained to deliver the dialogue. They feel like real people? Yeah. E- yes, even though the things that they're saying are maybe sound a little older, mm-hmm. like the actual like way it's portrayed is like, it has like a modern twist to it. Okay. And uh, it makes a, makes for a really watchable movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, some of the directing choices are really excellent. Sucks that she's not nominated. Um, they do uh, play around with the narrative. It's not a linear structure. There's kind of a back and forth uh, flashback kind of play uh, uh, th- that they do throughout the movie, which uh, makes it kind of an interesting watch. You're never necessarily sure. It's like, oh, okay, now I'm here in this this uh, part of the timeline, back and forth. So for somebody like me who is not that familiar with the original story, mm-hmm. there were moments where I was like, oh, where, where? Okay, now I'm here. I thought we were here. Whereas if I'm sure if somebody is really familiar with the source material, that it would be fun for them to be like, oh, this is that part. Okay. As it kind of jumps between the two timelines. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a really, really fun movie. Uh, so, like I said, with some excellent uh, performances. And it's uh, fun for the whole family. I mean, besides some, like some, some kind of dramatic moments, as you might imagine... Um, it's it's pretty kid friendly. Like you can take some kids to this. There were some kids in our theater, and they were having a fine time. Uh, maybe a little long for the youngest of the young, but uh, but yeah. Other than that, I thought it was a really excellent uh, excellent film, and it's the only film nominated for best picture I've seen. So by default, I have to say it's my pick. That's <laughs> 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 how that works, right? Yeah, uh, yeah um, I guess so. I may force myself to watch the Netflix ones. I mean, as soon before as I watch the, the two Netflix the race, ones, yeah. I'm only down two films, and Logan being one I'll of them. Be, uh, I mean, I'll be down to three. Like, I'll be down three at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be happy with that. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'll be down to like three left. That's what but yeah, I think it's really, really good. I recommend it. Okay. So uh, that media boat pot and scale, I say go see it. You say go see it. I say go see it. I will it's, a, it's a good movie. Probably see it because it is an Oscar film. Yeah, you and Kristen should go. go see oh, okay. It. It's a date night film. It's, it's a good date night movie. Date. It's it's romantic without being like explicitly romantic. It's like there's enough of a romance subplot going on. Okay. Uh, that yeah, it's it's a fun time. Okay. Now I already have plans to see 1917 with Ty because he go. wants to see it. There you go. So I may see it with Doctor at some you point. You should. But you saw a bunch of movies on a plane. Yeah, so I Talk was about on a plane. Ass plane. So movies. I was on a plane, and instead of getting drunk on a plane, I decided yeah. to watch some movies and get Just movies drunk on a plane. Except the pilot. Except the pilot, he's John Party. <laughs> it's the best part of that song. It definitely is. Except the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, um, so uh, the first film you I saw, saw on, on a plane. plane. Was also a film I completely forgot that I saw on a plane, uh-huh. which is a bad sign That's a really when bad you sign. have to stroll to remember what film it was. Yes. And that was Zombieland Double Tap. So this came out this year. Yeah. And no one cared. And I watched it on a plane. And you already and forgot. I already forgot that I watched it. It was not a good film. And I liked Zombieland, the sure. first film, because yeah. it had a lot of undertones of... Finding a family sticking together. And it had a heart the, to it. It had a heart. It had something that looked it for everyone. And it was that whole like ex- theme of teamwork. You need to work together. You need to like find yourself amongst 
people yeah. in a world where there's not that many people. And this is not that? This is... I don't know what it was going for. <laughs> it seemed like they tried to do something where they wanted to play on each other's characteristics and how annoying they are by introducing other people to show just how annoying they are. And yet it rubbed <laughs> everything the wrong way, even up to uh, the end. Yeah. There's just... It seemed like there was no redeeming qualities on this film. It just seemed like one bad decision after another in a world of a zombie apocalypse where you can go anywhere and pretty much do anything. It kind of set itself on a one-path train and didn't derail from it, and I kind of wanted to see the total derailment. (laughs) You wanted to see it have more fun? Yeah. Maybe, because, like, that's one of the things about that first movie. It's like, it had heart, but also it was, like, kind of chaotic in a way that was exciting at the time. This is not chaotic. No. This is very much a by-the-numbers, here's what we want to get across. Nothing special, nothing interesting happens. It's just an overall bland film. And I'm glad I didn't spend money on it. I think that seemed like that was the the opinion at the time, too. Yeah. It was like, this exists, but no one cares. Yep. Yeah. What else did you watch on a plane? What other plane-ass movies did Uh, you see? So I saw the plane-ass plane film of a book adaptation. Okay. That, when it came out, I had heard positive things about. All right. But it didn't get any award nominations. It kind of just, like, came came and went. And that is The Goldfinch. Right, yes. Um, and I can see why it came and went, because this is an example of bad storytelling that works in book format, but not in screen format. Because <laughs> uh, in the book, you can have people talk and have conversations that, that elongate and get to know these characters, whereas in a film, you're set in the middle of the Las Vegas, but not in like good Las Vegas, rather suburbial, suburbial, like all these houses are built up Las Vegas. And I'm just sitting there watching the film thinking, why are they here? (laughs) Why is this important to the film? Why do I care? Why am I caring? And I get it because eventually it's like, oh, he came out here because he met this friend who eventually got into a bunch of trouble. But then I'm thinking... Okay, but this is an adaptation. Does it have to be in the, in a in Vegas? In Vegas, like no, I get it, but couldn't you have sent it like in just like the middle of nowhere instead of going from the vibrant city of New York to the desert of Las Vegas? I get it, but at the same time, it just you could take some liberties, couldn't you? It's an example of I just, I want more like. I want more from the director or more from the screenwriter to punch up the story. Take the basis of the book and then punch it up. Make it more interesting, more exciting. Mm-hmm. Also, the very end of the film is a tell, not show, which is the whole point of the book. Mm-hmm. And yet I wanted a show, not tell, because right, that's what makes it better. It's a movie. Yeah. It's a better medium. But because the book, I assume, did a tell, not show... It made me wanting something out of this film. Yeah. And it's not a, not a I'm wanting more out of this film, more of a I'm wanting you to do better with what you were given. 
But definitely yeah. a plain ass play movie. Yeah, it just seems like something to pass the time. It's like oh, like a couple hours. It's like oh, I read this book. This was a New York Times bestseller. Let me check out the film because I have nowhere else to go for the next <laughs> three hours. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it is a long two and a half hour film. And yet, I don't think that that's the plainiest movie you saw. Probably not. Okay, so let's talk about the most plainy plain movie on this list. <laughs> Just looking at the name of this thing, I was like, yeah, that sounds like something you watch on a plane. <laughs> I watch <it>. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, so, when I saw the trailers for this yeah. film, I thought, oh, I want to see it. It's a dog movie. It's a dog I movie. I love it. I'm going to go see this. Yeah. And then it came and went. I'm talking about uh, the art of racing in the rain. It's a dog movie that does not have a dog anywhere in the title. No. But it is Kevin Costner as the voice of a dog right. who dreams about <laughs> racing? <laughs> because his owner, Milo Ventimiglia, uh-huh. is a racer. I I don't want to say wannabe racer, but he is a wannabe racer because racer. he like dreams of being a race car driver. Like all he does in his spare time is watch race. Uh, races yeah. on TV uh-huh. and even works as a coach for up and coming racers in Seattle, which is why it's called The Art of Racing in the, in rain. the rain. I got it. I think it might also be a book, but because it's it in Seattle, yes. um, where it rains all the time, it is the art of racing in the rain. And how <laughs> uh, basically it's just summed up into like the motto of the film, which is. You need to drive when you're when you're a driver and it's raining. You have to make you have to control your own destiny and don't let other things like the rain uh-huh. affect you right. and what you wanted to accomplish. That's and that's right. how that's you good. that's how you win the race is that yeah. you control it. You don't let it control you. Yeah. And that's kind of what this film ends up being about: how life can. Totally rain down on you, and you don't expect it, but you still have to basically fight for what you believe in and control your own destiny. Sure, yeah. But there's also a dog involved somehow. There's also a dog involved. Yeah, and that was the confusing thing, is that this film could be told without the dog, and would still have been a fine (laughs) film. But you throw the dog in there, and you talk about it from the dog's perspective, and it's... Just seems all over it's the like place. Like they want the dog to be the hook, but just doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be the hook. Yeah, you can make it a cat. You can make it a duck. <laughs> or you could just have the dude tell his own story. You could have. Like, yeah, you don't need the. Because that was an interesting story, but you know, it, the dog thrown into it was like because <sighs> even like the girl he meets, the girl he meets is not a fan of the dog, and I'm like. Yeah, the dog doesn't need to be there, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. That's a shame. Yeah, but, I don't know, like, take the dog out, it's still an interesting story and I liked it, but it's just one of those films where, like, this is the dog necessary? And you're <laughs> right, it is a plain-ass plain film. Yep. I love that. One, one <laughs> of the films where is the dog necessary? <laughs> it's a recurring problem. I don't know why people think he's putting these dogs in these things. Oh, it definitely is. Anyway, all right, that's the movies we saw. Yeah. Moving on. 
we need to move on. Yeah, we need to move on. It's time to talk about television, and man, what a week in sports. We're okay. going to talk about sports a lot this week. Uh, this is a big sports, uh, basically, yeah. week. So much so, we're going to dedicate a whole story to one story. But before we get to that, let's run down these bits of sports news. Right. First up, LSU has won the national championship in college football. Yes, uh, I unfortunately picked that wrong. I thought Joe Burrows being the... I don't think you were the only one. Heisman Trophy winner. I've heard this referred to as an upset. Yeah, I don't know. They were the top seed. But so it's not still. really that much of an upset. <laughs> uh, I think you might be reading that wrong because people were upset with Joe Burrows. <laughs> Maybe. Because uh, Clemson went up 17-0. Uh-huh. And then Joe Burrows decided to play like a Heisman Trophy winner and ah, win. Yeah, finally, yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently OBJ, uh, yes, the receiver OBJ, sure. not the rapper, was <laughs> um, out in uh, New Orleans as well. And just handing out stacks of cash to Oops. these players. And Joe Burrows went on a podcast or radio show and was like, yeah, he gave us money. We got paid. Wow. It was great. That's great. Yeah. Except, you know. He can't. He's still an NCAA player <laughs> and can't legally <laughs> accept money. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, well. I forgot about that because you <laughs> forgot about that. Because that is technically that. like accepting a gift. Yeah. And because the gift was, like, you cannot accept gifts as a student athlete. Not yet. <laughs> and we'll see if NCA decides to come down on it. Because even though he may be graduating, a lot of his other teammates are still in school. So we'll see if uh, the NCA decides to do anything about that. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Moving on uh, from college football to the pro leagues, uh, Titan and Chiefs will be your AFC championship game. Uh, yes, the Titans defeated Lamar Jackson, but I don't want to say defeated Lamar Jackson. He defeat they defeated the Ravens, not necessarily Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson had 350 passing yards, 150 rushing yards, 500 all total all-purpose yards. Oof. And they still lost. Yikes. It's like uh, Mark Sanchez out there playing. <laughs> just throwing the ball, yeah. running the ball, beating the whole offense, and yet still losing still the game. Still losing the game. <laughs> I feel for him. I know what that is like. You know. You've been there. I've been there 16 games. <laughs> out of 16 games. Then the NFC Championship will be Packers and Niners. So uh, yes. This leaves, of course, the question... What's your call for the Super Bowl? Who do you think makes it? Um, I'm thinking the Packers are going to beat the Niners. Okay. And I want to go with the upset of the Tennessee Titans beating the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Um, Mainly because the Miami Dolphins are paying $18 million for Ryan Tannehill this year. (laughs) Right. As part of a previous deal... Yeah. Where the Titans are only paying him uh, $1.2 million to play for them. So I think it would be hilarious <laughs> if the Dolphins paid for a winning Super Bowl quarterback yeah, on a different funny. team. Uh, but, no, I think the Packers... I think Titans will win. I think Packers will win. Titans have the hot hand. But I think it is 
symbiotic poetic justice. Mm-hmm. That it being the 100th season of the NFL, that the trophy is named after Vince Lombardi of the Packers, that it should rightfully... I don't know if I want to call trans fuckery on this thing yet, <laughs> but I think the Packers should and will win the Super Bowl uh-huh. and have the Vince Lombardi trophy go back home for the 100th season, season of the NFL. It would be like a weird, like, weird, like, mystical kind of feeling to it. For yeah. Sure. Like, trans fuckery. <laughs> I'm sure you could call it that. Uh, but yeah, like some, some weird, like, yeah. <laughs> like I said, poetic justice. It just <laughs> sounds nice. Like the 100th year goes yeah. to Vince Lombardi's team. Not necessarily Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, yeah. and all that, but just the overall like stamp it would it would send the message. Well, uh, the we'll overall see. tones of it. We'll see because, as you mentioned, uh, Sunday will be your championship Sunday. So stay tuned to see who wins those games. Mm-hmm. But uh, meanwhile, in the NFL, the Hall of Fame happened, and we have some brand new inductees. Yes, uh, this was announced this morning on yeah. Good Morning Football. So, Good Morning Football. Who's having a great morning today? Uh, Bill Cower, Jimmy Johnson, Jim yeah. Cover, Covert, Cover, Cover. Yeah. Winston Hill, Harold Carmichael, Duke Slater, Ed Sprinkle. Good name. Alez Karras, Bobby Dillon, Donnie Shell, George Young, Cliff Harris, Max Speedy, Paul Tagliaboo. Get that right? Yep. And Steve Sable. Um, Those are your inductees. 15 inductees will be joined by five modern day selections announced the day before the Super Bowl during the NFL Honors on February 1st. Yes. Uh, Bill Cower, famous coach for the Steelers. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, famous coach for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Carmichael, the leading reception, uh, receptions and receiving yards and touchdowns for a receiver for the Eagles. There you go. And lastly... Big shout out here to I'm glad that I have him as a inductee, Steve Sable. Okay. Um, he is the founder of NFL Films. Ah. If that name sounded cool. familiar. Yes. Because we have sense. talked about that a while. Um, yes, I'm glad the NFL is recognizing him on the 100th uh, season. Not a player, not a coach, but an integral part of the NFL and what made. The NFL basically accessible and fun and just to everyone. It's so happy to see him get this nomination. Sorry. Anyway, whenever somebody says anything about the NFL films, the NFL films music yes. in my head. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, those 15 will be joined by five special ones. No, oh, no. I know those are, all, uh, those are all free. Yeah. That's right. Anyway. Because <laughs> that's what you do. You just use free music. It's free. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, five special inductees. Yeah. Normally they they cap it at uh, fifteen or ten to fifteen mm-hmm. per season, but because it's the one hundredth year, they're gonna do five that's special cool. special ones, modern day uh, inductees. And then uh, lastly, in the NFL, before we move to other sports, Luke 
Keekly? Keekly. Keekly and Antonio Gates both announced their retirement. Yes. Antonio Gates announced his retirement for the third time, I want to say. <laughs> I want to say it's the third I want to say it's his third time retiring, but I only say that because several times he has not officially announced his retirement, but also not necessarily shown up oh. for uh, Chargers preseason. Okay. And then only showed up for like to like the week, the last uh, week of the preseason before the <laughs> game starts, like, yeah, I actually do want to play. <laughs> like, thanks, thanks for letting us know. Yeah, he, he's been <laughs> on a running contract of just, hey, if you want to do it, there's a spot here, because mm-hmm. he's just so like entrenched in Charger culture. Right. He's basically their tight end but forever. Not anymore. No. And then Luke Keekley decided to um, take a page out of Andrew Luck's playbook and retire. <laughs> So. After the season, though, yeah, <laughs> uh, they both came in the same year, 2012. Uh, Luke Keekley had basically the captain of the Panther defense, um, had over 1,000 tackles in his eight years. Of his eight years, he was seven times nominated to the Pro Bowl. Wow. Okay. Um, I expect him to be pr- most likely a uh, Hall of Famer at some point. Maybe not immediately, but I think at some point he's such a big part of that Panthers defense. Took him to yeah. a Super Bowl um, against uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of bad things you can say about him. He was just a great player and a great captain and just a terror on the field. He did suffer several concussions, as uh, you do playing that game, yeah. over the course of his uh, year. and. Sat out seven of the last eight games due to it, and I think that's kind of what pushed Maybe him to. Was the thing? I mean, obviously, yeah. Go take take some rest, uh, get some, you know, like evaluations. Make sure you're all good up there because mm-hmm. we don't want to lose another one. No. So yes, uh, stay healthy. Uh, don't be surprised if you see him in a booth somewhere because yeah. he is a smart, smart player. That'd be great. Yep. All right. Other sports have it. Yes. I guess a big sports yeah. week here. If you're a uh, fight fan, uh, you of course already know that the McGregor versus Cowboy UFC fight is on Saturday. Yes, it is. Uh, I already have purchased it. But if uh, you're a normal person and you uh, actually um, uh, are thinking about these things, you don't care. <laughs> because uh, screw that guy. Uh, Which one? Both of them? I mean, probably both of them. I don't know anything about this cowboy fellow, but I know a lot of, uh, too much. You could argue about this McGregor fellow, and I don't like him one bit. No, no. <laughs> um, McGregor has not had a fight in the octagon in three years. Right. He but doing he has boxing ha- stuff for a while. That being said, <laughs> he has had a fight since then. Yeah, mm-hmm. several. Let's not go into several it. of them. Let's not go into it. Just trust Multiple. us on that they suck. <laughs> this guy sucks. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we have... Girl Scout cookies. Sorry, I got very distracted there. Yeah, you did. I want some Girl Scout cookies. Uh, uh, coming soon. March. God, I want some right now. March. March is Girl Scout time. What's up? Anyway, uh, basketball. The WNBA uh, basketball specifically. The maximum base salary for WNBA players. Yeah, so uh, real briefly, a new CBA <laughs> contract was signed and is being implemented in this upcoming season. Uh-huh. And a lot of that includes 
these upcoming benefits. So yeah, the maximum base salary for WNBA players will rise up to $215,000 up from $117,500 last season. The new WNBA deal also includes benefits such as premium economy class status for all players for regular season air travel and individual hotel room accommodations, along with more support for child care, including full salary during maternity leave and an annual child care stipend of $5,000. Hmm. Makes you wonder what that deal was before, because that seems yeah, a lot of necessary like stuff. Base-like base things. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, we don't need to tell you that I'm sure that the uh, the WNBA does not have nearly as much um, accoutrement as its uh, 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 NBA uh, uh, counterpart. Yes. Uh, but, hey, any in, in, like increase to these numbers and any kind of like moving closer to what uh, the men's league has and gets probably all the time for every team mm-hmm. like is good news. So I'm glad that we're moving towards that goal. But, like, man... How did it take this long? <laughs> like, why are we still having this conversation? Uh, it's frustrating. Because, as our favorite saying on here, yes, it's a business. Yeah, but I know. But so is the NBA. Yeah, like, it's just there's no re- there's no, no excuse. They right. have no excuse. Anyway, um, in addition to all of that, yes. the N- the WNBA is working with companies to help promote the image of the WNBA, mm-hmm. uh, most specifically with companies like Nike and AT&T. And um, I think it's already working. I've noticed a kind of a lot more WNBA stuff around mm-hmm. than ever before. Well, the past two years, I believe, the uh, NBA 2K yeah. games have included have the WNBA the as NBA teams, teams to play. Yes. Which is very smart. Mm-hmm. Very, very smart. Because that game gets into a lot of people's hands. Yes, it does. So... That's it for the sports bits, I guess you could call it, because we had so many that it qualifies for a bits section this year. Yeah, I guess. This episode. But we're not done with sports, as we have a follow-up for you. So, this upcoming story yes. is literally the biggest story in sports right now. Yeah. And so big, I want to call it right now as maybe a nominee, at least a nominee, may not win, but yeah. at least a nominee for uh, TV News of the Year. Yeah. So, last week... We talked about uh, a scandal uh, happening in baseball, but we talked about a different team. We talked about the Boston Red Sox. The Bo- we, uh, we talked about the Boston Red Sox because yes. that was the one that had recently come out. <laughs> yes. Because the main story of the Houston Astros right. kind of started to get the ball rolling at the end of December. Right. Of last year. But we're back talking about the Astros because this thing blew up this week. Yes, we had an official ruling, and oh boy, was it a ruling. So, uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has announced suspensions and fines regarding the cheating scandal from the Astros, specifically, in 2017. The Astros' uh, 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 Jeff Lunau and manager A.J. Hinch have both been suspended for one year after the investigation found the team used technology to cheat during its World Series winning 2017 season. Additionally, the MLB will fine the Astros $5 million and take away their first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021 drafts. It's pretty severe. No players were disciplined specifically by the MLB in the investigation, while Carlos Beltran was part of it when he was a player, uh, but he's now the manager of the Mets. 
So so no word if yeah. he's gonna be no taken word yet, down yet. At least. But as for everyone else, the scheme, uh, by the way, was described as player-driven, with the exception of the Astros bench coach Alex Cora. Astros owner Jim Crane didn't take too long to fire Jeff Lunau and AJ Hinch, and soon after that, the Red Sox announced Alex Cora out as their manager. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting that the, the one kind of big takeaway here is that, yeah, the players mm-hmm. who are ostensibly responsible are not affected. Well, that is also because of the players' union who yes. will protect them. Right. Um, not only that, but a lot of the players basically took it upon themselves to swear to secrecy, if you want to say. <laughs> yeah. Because at some point, you know, yeah. this because the rumors were getting around, they had questions with other people, like, did you do this? Were you part of it? Did you know? And most of them flat out told their friends that no. Right. They had no idea and no, this wasn't going on. They probably agreed in the locker rooms, like, we told no one, right? Right. Right. Right, they all agreed. Yeah, and they're 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 sta- they ain't saying nothing. They're Johnny right. Tight Lips in there, which is funny because <laughs> they didn't need to say anything. They just needed to watch the tape. Right, and the tape said that right. there's loud bangings, trash cans hitting, but like, loud uh, noises from the dugout. Like yeah. a good lawyer will always say, "Don't say anything because it will be used against you later." As the cops say, what cannon will be used against you in a court of law? It's true. And, like, they know that better than anybody. So Mm -hmm. it's probably smart to stay quiet. Right. And like I said, even though this was player-driven, the players' union is basically what's going to protect them from any substantial um, suspensions, I want to say. any further. Any fines. So do you think the league is being uh, severe enough here, or do you think that there could be more? Let me put it to you this way. Okay. When there was a cheating scandal in 1919 Uh about the uh, the Chicago White Sox... Nearly 100 years ago, but okay. Nearly 100 years ago. About the Chicago White Sox uh, uh, basically throwing games Uh and getting paid for in the World Series to throw games. Eight men were kicked out of baseball because of it. Right. Mm, yeah. And here, here, and in this ruling, they were suspended and $5 million fine, which $5 million is basically nothing when you have that World <laughs> Series money. Yeah. Um, the title should have been stripped away. That's what a lot of people are kind of saying, is that like the thing that should have happened here that didn't is that... They should not have won the World Series. Right. Like. Uh, on top of that, um, well, one, you can't just award it to the next team. No. That's not how that works. That's not how it works. It would just, been, it would just be, like, revoked. revoked. It would be, like, an asterisk in all the record books. It would be like, yes, in 2017 they technically won, but. Right. Well, that's why a lot of people are calling them, like, Houston asterisks now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, even in the... In the record books, 1994, I want to say, when they yeah. had the strike, it just says, it just skips, it goes from 93 to 95. Yeah. It's just no World Series person. And I do want to note, uh, for longtime viewers of the Media Boat podcast, I just want to state 
that the professional, the MLB uh, baseball player known as Matthew Johnson, who played for the Houston Astros during the 2017 season, did not know anything about this. Uh, did not did not participate in this. Uh, that's um, why I have the picture of the show seventeen up. Yep, and was not a member of the team when they were in the World Series. So, did you even make it to the World Series? No. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not a not a culpable for this. That wasn't you banging on the X button no. trying to get pitches. <laughs> wasn't me. Uh, wasn't me at all. Yes, I yes, Shaggy. Needed wasn't to you. establish that before we moved on. Anyway. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, uh, a lot of. A lot of this is, like, uh, the punishment from the MLB offices is directed yeah. at the uh, at the management. Yeah. But a lot of it should be directed at the players. I wanted to see players get kicked out. Basically, if Pete Rose got suspended for betting <laughs> on baseball... Yes, how are these players to play? Right. Yeah. Which, when Pete Rose got kicked out, he wasn't betting on his own team. He never bet on his own team. He bet on other teams. Mm-hmm. But they said that was enough for him to be blacklisted from right. MLB baseball. Even though he technically has the most hits from a player, he will never be in He'll the never, Hall of Fame. never, do it, yep. He's that, it's that bad. And for these players to have won the World Series, and it kind of sends a message that if you want to cheat to win a World Series, all you have to do is pay $5 million for a fine and maybe sacrifice a coach or two. Yeah. All I can say is that this makes um, uh, the, the upcoming baseball season even crazier. Yes, expect the Astros to get booed everywhere yeah, they go. This will be a rough season for the Astros, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, also, like because it happened in 2017, yeah. it has ramifications for the past two years of, oh, the Dodgers didn't win the World Series. Well, now we have to make management changes. Right. Oh, we didn't win the World Series. Guess we have to make pitching changes. Uh-huh. Guess what? You're no longer on the team. Guess what? You didn't win us a World Series. We're going to have to ship you off to somewhere else. Guess what? You no longer get that that bonuses. Yeah. It's a lot of other stuff that affects a lot of players in the yeah, in the league. It really did. Like it affected a lot of things. Mhm. So that's why I I want it to be more severe. Yeah, because I think uh, I also heard on the radio this afternoon that apparently there is a grassroots movement amongst uh, Dodgers fans where they're trying to uh, start a class action lawsuit against the Houston Astros. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah, to to basically figure out how they can get that title revoked. Well, I mean, that would be the one thing. Because you can't claim... We are the World Series champions. That's no. just dumb. All I can do is say that the Astros didn't win. Right. And I think that yeah. they have a strong case there they that case. you cheated. Yes. You literally cheated. You were caught cheating. They were also talking about part of it would be like to get like refunds for like tickets and and uh, and uh, like purchases made basically during those games. Right. Because all that revenue yeah. from winning the World Series win- yes. goes to the Astros. So, yeah. So we'll see if that happens, if that goes anywhere. I mean, class action lawsuits are, you know, right. a coin flip at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, interesting nonetheless. And, yeah, man, what a story. I mean, we talked about the kind of the meat and potatoes of the story last week. But this week, yeah, kind of. Well, this week the, the hammer came down. Yeah, it's, it's just the whole thing is fascinating. Well, I don't feel I call it a hammer. Because, <laughs> like I said, these things should be more severe. Yeah. Well, I guess you call it a camera. I guess the what, It's a hammer. Yeah, the, the more severe would be the guillotine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the hammer came down from the MLB offices. But yeah, interesting to interesting to see. All right, we need to move on. 
Okay. It's a long ass show. It, I told you. Our second story in television is uh, kind of some uh, just some cleanup after last week's Golden Globe ceremony. Yeah. Um, just on the TV side, though, uh, ABC or NBC, sorry, is making some choices about how they're going to go forward with the show. Even though we just had Ricky Gervais as the host, uh, they're already announced. Uh, they've already announced uh, that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler will be returning for to be the hosts in 2021. This is of note because. There's no location, no date, no venue, yes. no nominations. But they're already getting ahead of, don't worry, we won't let that happen again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, nearly six years, of course, after they started hosting uh, the show in 2015. Tina and Amy uh, uh, have provided Golden Globes viewers with some of the most memorable moments the show has ever seen, said Amy Thurlow, who is the president of Dick Clark Productions, who puts on the telecast for NBC. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. Uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, back. Already announced. And you know what? Thank God. Because <laughs> like, I didn't even bother with Ricky yes. Gervais this year. So. Uh, well, yeah. The ratings were low yeah. before that. But yes. All right. Um, family friendly, yeah. safe. Yeah. Safe. Tina Fey and Poehler. I wouldn't call them family friendly, but yes, safe. It's, the, safe. it's NBC safe. But yes. That is it for television news. We do have some real quick thoughts for you. Let's make them quick. All right. You watched... Uh, at least two of these things. I watched at least two of these things. Uh, I tried watching the third thing. Uh, so I put ten- three things out? I, I added one because it wasn't on your list. Oh, okay. Uh, but yes, uh, first up, tell me about book two, the continuation of Infinity Train. So did you watch this? I watched an episode of it. I watched it thinking it was the first one because it was the first one that uh, YouTube TV had listed. Uh-huh. But... It seemed like he was starting in the middle of it, and so I was like, this can't be the first episode. So Interesting. I don't know um, if it was the first episode or not, so I watched one episode of this. All right. What the, so They were on a family tree. They were on a family tree. That is the second okay, episode. Okay, so I missed the first episode. Poss- possibly? Maybe the first episode? That cannot be the first episode. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. No, I think it was the first episode. Really? Yeah. Where it starts with uh, oh, MT running. Yes. No, because they're on the tree already when it starts. Oh, they're already on the tree? Yeah. Alright, so that might be the second it episode. It might be a second. It felt like a second episode. Okay. Okay, but you watched the whole thing. So I watched the whole thing. Um, so uh, how is this compared to the first season? We really enjoyed the first season. We really enjoyed the first season. It told a linear story, and yeah. it was a very wholesome ending. And I, I liked everything that it had to offer. It seems like it's a little different tonally. It's just definitely a little different tonally, because... You can't necessarily bring back the main character. No, you cannot. Um, they learn their lesson. They're off the train. And it'd be really weird to have them come back on the train. And yet... And yet they found a way to bring her back on the uh, train. Sort, sort of. Kind of. The, the actor back on the train. So it seems like uh, one of the episodes in the last season, uh, the, the chrome car... Yes. ...seemed to have mattered a lot. Yes. More than we thought it would. Uh, yeah, the Chrome Car is basically how they were able to bring Tulip, yeah. that's the voice of Tulip, uh, back into the uh, back into Infinity Train. But it seems like a different character. Well, they established in yeah. that episode that she was a different character from right. what Tulip was. Yes, and throughout the whole uh, the whole book two, she is definitely a different character from what from the Tulip we yeah we watched but uh, she is paired with a new main character yes a new main character a guy this time yeah jesse who decides to name everything dracula <laughs> or alan dracula yes, specifically. 
their their dear dear companion, mm-hmm. deer, deer, Alan Dracula. It's a, it's a deer. It's a deer, but it's a deer, deer. It's a deer, deer, deer. <laughs> uh, Alan Dracula. Uh, but yeah, the whole book is another fun, interesting adventure. Not as heavy-handed as the book one was. Uh-huh. Um, it does go into why Jesse's on the train. It does go into what um, Mirror Tulip wants. Chrome Tulip, MT. They call her MT for Mirror Tulip. Right. So it goes through uh, what she wants and what she's trying to get out of it. Basically, she wants off the train. But because she doesn't have a number, she has no way of getting off mm-hmm. the train. And that's basically her arc of it. Whereas... Jesse's arc is the same arc, of, which is a tulip, which is you're on the train, you got to try and figure out how to get off the train. Right. They do come across some, not as many interesting characters as book one, but book two does have a, does bring back a lot of those old characters, established characters, okay. and builds upon some of the lore that we kind of touched on in book one. Yeah. Like, how high do the numbers really go? Mm-hmm. Are the people who really don't want to get off the train, who don't understand what it is? Now that one one is the conductor, what exactly is he trying to do? Right. What What's his goal with all these passengers on the train? Right. And then also yeah. with Mirror Tulip and um, the police continually, continuously being after her and how mm-hmm. she handles basically becoming from independent to building a friendship to being with someone to establishing a relationship. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, I will I will eventually, I will probably try to catch up on this at some point. Yeah. Uh, um, I week. think book one hit harder because it yeah. was new and it was fresh. Mm, yeah. Book two definitely um, goes into some areas, but whereas book one was a lot more about of what does each car bring? Uh-huh. This was more of what does each character bring to the cars. And where Tulip's goal was to get to the front of the car, this is more of let's try and figure out more of the people on the car rather than uh-huh. what the train essentially is for. Because we already established that in book one. Right. Book two is more about the people now. Okay, yeah, that's smart. Because like once you have the kind of the established like the basis then you can kind of just play with the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it does. It definitely plays a lot with the characters, especially uh, Alan Dracula, who is a favorite character. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, like I said, they did a bomb of 10 episodes, yeah. two episodes a night. And yeah, the book two closed. And I was happily surprised of how they kind of wrapped a lot of it up because throughout I was like, huh, there's no way they could do this. And yet, <laughs> there it is, staring you in the face. Okay, cool. That's great. Yeah. yeah I'll catch up with that. While we're on the subject of animated uh, shows, a new one premiered on Disney Channel last week that I uh, checked out. Okay, so tell me about Star vs. the Forces of Evil. So, no, but... Oh, no, that's right. I was watching that on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but uh, from a lot of the, the same people who brought you... Uh, Star and uh, Gravity Falls, um, so some previous uh, Disney animated talent, okay. uh, brings you The Owl House, uh, the new uh, uh, Disney animated uh, uh, show. So is it Owl House? So The Owl In House. In the middle of the street? <laughs> uh-huh. Owl House. 
So this one I had uh, kind of been on my radar for a while. It's created by Dana Terrace, who okay. uh, was a, uh, a storyboarder for Gravity Falls. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is kind of her created show, which makes it the third in Disney's history uh, female-led um, uh, animated film, okay. animated, animated series. Falling Darren uh, Yeah, Yes, so Falling Star, and then before that, uh, Pepper Ann, way right. back in the 90s. But yeah, uh, so yeah, this uh, only the pilot, I believe, has aired so far. I think there may be a second episode coming up this week. Uh, but yeah, the setup is, it's basically a girl, uh, kind of a, a fantasy-obsessed girl. Like, she's into, like, uh, fantasy novels and anime. Okay. And, uh, and she basically is uh, uh, bored with uh, her current life and, like, is a kind of a re- rebellious kid. Like, bored you know, with reality. Yeah, she, she's so involved in her fantasy world that her mother is being getting concerned by it. And uh, thus wants to send her to uh, summer camp to basically get a reality check. Uh, she, on the um, uh, instead though of going to summer camp, she finds herself uh, being literally uh, trans- transferred into a fantasy world, like for real, uh, where she ends up uh, befriending a witch and her demon uh, sidekick slash dog creature. And uh, kind of goes on a wacky adventures as she kind of learns how to be a witch, uh, just like the just like her new friend. Okay. And it's a kind of a mystical fantasy world where there's dragons and griffins and and like monsters and yeah, it's uh, so far uh, like I said, it's just been the pilot, so not really only barely scratched the surface of I'm sure the lore and kind of like the world building that the show will eventually do. But it's already laying a really interesting foundation for that kind of stuff. The writing is snappy and fun, just like uh, the just the kind of like in the vein of something like Star um, or the Cartoon Network stuff that we compare it to. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's it's very very cool setup so far. I like the main character; she's fun, uh, and the uh, the witch and the uh, kind of the creature, mm-hmm. which is like played by a pitched up Alex Hirsch, creator of Gravity Falls. Huh. And he's almost like it's almost like if you asked him to do an Invader Zim kind of thing, <laughs> it's very similar okay. and like kind of the same kind of Napoleon complex kind of character where he's this little guy that wants to basically take over the world kind of okay. thing. Um, this probably sounds a little bit like Amphibia, where it's, it's a little girl just falls like into Amphibia. a random place. So yeah, they're different enough though tonally, where I feel like. Amphibia seems like way more of a slice of life show, okay. with the lore kind of taking like maybe as like a backseat. Mm-hmm. This seems like this is going to be lore first. Okay, this is where they're clearly like, no, instantly we're going to throw you into this world and make you wonder about it. Whereas Amphibia was like, no, we're going to really settle into these characters and this family dynamic. These are two very, very like different kind okay. of sets, like not, shows. Not like with Amphibia, she can't go back to her own. Role. Yeah, Amphibia, she is prohibited. Uh, it seems like in Owl House is suggested at the end of the pilot that the witch has the power to send the girl home at any time. Okay, it's just a matter of whether the girl wants to. And in this case, the setup is that she does not want to return home because okay. her mom wants her to go to summer camp. Okay, and so the setup is like she wants to stay. She has an impetus to stay in this uh, fantasy world because she enjoys fantasy worlds. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it's interesting that you pointed out that there are some similar similarities between the two series, uh, but they seem like they're going in enough of a different direction, um, especially with the lack complete lack of like other human characters. Whereas it's a very key thing in Amphibia that there are, are more than one human character. Okay, like in that show, so like it's a different kind of thing. 
but yeah, I've liked what I've seen uh, seen so far, and I'm gonna definitely take a, a, a continue watching the series as it continues. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. And the last thing uh, we can talk about uh, just wrapped up last night. Yes, yes, it did. So Jeopardy, we mentioned last week, the Jeopardy greatest of all time uh, tournament started uh, and ended uh, within uh, these last seven days, and man, what a tournament! I struggled. Normally I'm good with Jeopardy questions. Yeah, they were hard. These were hard. Oh course, my god. <laughs> they would have to be because of course you, when you have something that's literally called greatest of all time you cannot give them softballs. Yes. But I did notice uh, one of the one of the games it was all ABC shows. Yeah, that was funny. There seem to be a lot of Disney plugs, I felt like. Yeah, well, I mean, it was... Or prime, Sony plugs. It was on primetime ABC yeah. as opposed to being syndicated. Right. So, you, you know what they were doing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, it was a fun tournament to watch. Maybe, uh, albeit, maybe a little bit predictable. Mm. The people... I won't spoil it because it's literally only been 24 hours, but... Uh, the winner. You have an idea, probably, who won. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it, it seemed like it was a li- like uh, pretty even, though at least between two of the competitors throughout. Throughout, so like, right. it was impressive to watch them kind of go at it. And uh, yeah, it was a fun, like, well put together tournament. I think it was a good kind of uh, prime time slot for Al Trebek. Oh yeah, kind of like to get could... people normal because you know Jeopardy for me comes in waves. Yeah. Like, I'll be all on it, and then I'll get off of the train, and they'll get right back on the train, I'll get off the train, <laughs> depending on how my schedule and my life work out. But this was a cool one, because it was, like, a moment where, like, everybody was on the train at yeah. once. Where, like, well, every, it was prime like everybody time. was talking about it at the it same time. It was prime time, it was 8 o'clock, yeah. everyone was home, it yeah. was, like, set up to be an event, and I hyped it up to be an event, and it got the ratings of a big event. Yes. It yeah. got better ratings than the, uh, what was it, what did I see? World Series and uh, the NBA Finals. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was like number three in the last like six months or something, like total viewers. Right. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, but it goes to show you that these networks that keep renewing these game shows are doing it for a reason because people are watching them. Mm-hmm. People are watching primetime game shows for probably more than they have in decades. And yeah, like stunts like this still work. And I think ABC proved it. Yeah. I mean, you had three of the biggest Jeopardy names coming out oh, of it. Yeah. And I think also because of, I don't want to necessarily point to this, but because of the news of Alex Trebek and his yeah. cancer. I'm sure it all kind of, of plays to a factor to it. Like, For sure. Oh, like, you're going to watch this because Alex Trebek is a legend. Yeah. But the one thing I will stress, though, and the advantage that it has over literally every game show is because, let's be real, Jeopardy is the best game show. It is. Like, it's the only one that's good. Like, it is, other game shows are fine. It is, Jeopardy it is, is so simple much It is simple question and answer. Yeah. Everything else has to have a gimmick because otherwise you're basically Jeopardy. But Jeopardy figured it out. Like, they were able to figure out, like, how the quiz show could work. Like, and... Forever. It's now the quintessential quiz show because mm-hmm. it like basically proved yeah you're right it proved that everything else has to have a gimmick because otherwise you're just doing Jeopardy mm-hmm. <laughs> yep so yeah that was fun and uh, it was a good watch oh yeah no definitely a good watch and definitely I think will bring people to watch Jeopardy on a regular basis yeah. and I don't know if you noticed but they were also type uh, hyping up the online quiz for people to sign up yes of course of you course they were Alright. Uh, which, by the way, coming up at the end of the month, end of January, yes, is when so the online tuned. quiz. Uh, I will definitely be taking it, as I always yes, do. Always do. And try and get on the show. Good luck. 
Oh, yeah. All right. That's it for television thoughts, unless you have something else you want to talk about before we move into cancellations and renewals. Uh, nothing new that I watched. Okay. Um, the Circle ends <laughs> tonight. Yes. I haven't watched it yet. Yes. I'm going to go home and probably watch it. I uh, already know who won. It was uh, texted texted to me earlier. Okay. I do not know who won. Um, who won. All, but uh, TV is returning. The Good Place is back. Good Place is with back. With new episode. Uh, very strong premiere episode. Uh, premiere, yes. I mean mid-season Mid-season premiere, premiere episode. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, this is us also back. Diamond One will be coming back soon as well. TV will get back to the screen, the swing of things between Damn. now and basically after the Grammys, after the Super Bowl. Okay. We will see. Yep. All right. Cancellation and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? Well, I don't know what you're no longer watching, but here's some shows that have been renewed because we got a lot of those this week. Uh, FX has renewed American Horror Story. For three more seasons. Can they do three more seasons? I guess so. Which moves up... I, I thought they, they ended it with Apocalypse, right? Uh, well, no. 1984? Apparently not. Because... Covenant? Leads up... Roanoke? <laughs> that leads up to a grand total uh, by the time all this is over. 13 total seasons. Okay, you gotta edit at 13, right? Yeah. The 13's the unlucky that number? Would, that, would be, that would make some sense, but right. we'll see. Uh, New Amsterdam on NBC will also be getting a three-season order, moving up to the needle to five total seasons. Uh, so that will become a regular show It'll now. No need thing. to worry. They're, they're betting the farm on it. Yep. NBC uh, is also like uh, renewed, making it for a third season. Yay! Competition. That thing will get renewed on a yearly basis, probably, because it's cheap to make. And Showtime has announced that uh, their perennial favorite, Shameless... Well, uh, its last season will be its 11th. Oh, the upcoming 11th, yeah, the I upcoming think. The upcoming 11th season will be its final. So. Yep. Uh, so, uh, what's his name? Um, William H. Macy. Yeah, William H. Macy will finally have to have, find something else to do. Well, his wife definitely found something else to do. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Showtime also will be bringing back the L Word reboot, Generation Q, back for a second season. Yeah. Uh, Showtime also, <laughs> third to Showtime, uh, Showtime hat trick this week. Work in Progress will be getting a second season. I don't know what that is. I don't know what either of those are. It's Work in Progress. Netflix, after I guess the recent um, uh, obsession that people have had over it, is bringing back you. Me? You. For us? a third season. No, not us. Uh, not us? the Jordan Peele movie. Oh. No, the Netflix series You. Yes. People have been talking about You, but people I read like the description you. and I'm like, I hate this without watching it. <laughs> Why do I want to watch this? It's funny because I feel like I've heard so many people are watching you, but when I actually hear somebody real, like I know in person, they bounced off of it. Like no one that I know in person watches like you. People are telling me, oh, yeah. I just finished watching the season of you. You. I, I don't know how to feel now. I was like, <laughs> okay, but should I watch it? Who knows? It's probably no. I don't know. I don't feel like this is going to fall in the same column as 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. And, like, it's going to come, it's going to go, and then be tossed aside. Uh, Comedy Central, before it even debuts, has renewed Nora from Queens, the new Aquafina show. You mean Golden Globe winner Aquafina got a show renewed? Aquafina. 
Uh, I like how you have it credited here as Aquafina is Nora from Queens. I think because that's the way the, they've been billing it in the ads. Yes, too, and I hate that. Like I'm like, no, just call it Nora from Queens. Well, it depends on what the show actually is titled because yeah. the show is yet to premiere. But yeah, uh, before its premiere, it's being renewed already, so it will get two. Also, that's the way it was listed in the I know the listicle. I just hate it. It's like they need to just. That show looks good, actually. Yes. Uh, all the the, the, the the ads I've seen for it, it looks like a good like um, spiritual successor to Broad City. This might be the year of Aquafina. I think I think I think she has a chance of really really blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Fox has axed a couple of uh, their new shows uh, after their first seasons. Almost Family. Oh, I'm so glad this thing got axed. Done and uh, flirty dancing. <laughs> So, before it got started, sorry, Big Axe. Yeah, so um, these things are answer. not officially canceled, uh-huh. but they've been taken off the schedule, and the so. remaining shows will be dispersed yeah. um, on January 27th and then February 4th, 15th, I think. So, yeah, vote of no confidence for the 14th? What's the Friday? Valentine's 14th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, Valentine's Day, because no one watches TV on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So they're being dispersed the remaining episodes on those two days. And you know why? Because everybody's going to be seeing Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, they are. All right. And then lastly, uh, we have a, one death this week, but it's a rough one. Buck Henry, uh, age 89, who is a writer um, known, of course, mostly uh, for, in my opinion, mostly for the television series Get Smart. Uh, uh, he was the co-creator yes. of Get Smart. But also uh, wrote, uh, the, uh, co-wrote, I believe, co-wrote the movie uh, uh, The Graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also... Uh, Fun, um, like, a, a reference that's uh, somebody who's maybe around our age will be more likely to recognize. He was also uh, Liz Lemon's dad in 30 Rock. Huh. That's Buck Henry. That is Buck Henry. So he's the, he's the one who uh, delivered the classic uh, 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 something about uh, uh, it's not a lemon party if there ain't old Dick. <laughs> His name is Dick. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that exists. Uh, so um, well, yeah, also in deaths, right. uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is still alive. Father, yeah, <laughs> has died. Uh, yes, Rocky Johnson, I believe, is was his dad's name. Oh. Uh, I saw that today in my feed, uh, Twitter feed, that he had died. Uh, but yeah, he was a former uh, wrestler in his heyday, and that's what got. Uh, his son Dwayne into it. Also, he named his son Dwayne. Uh-huh. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. All right. Uh, that's all we have for deaths, I believe. Yeah, that's it. So, I hand this over to you, and we skip over to the music section. Oh, boy. <laughs> We've been lagging this week. That's yeah, a long show. Long-ass show. I Hope you're not hungry. Oh, <laughs> uh, I tried to warn you it was going to be a long-ass show. <laughs> I should have warned myself. I should have should have eaten that chicken. <laughs> Oh, it did. It had my name on it. Okay, what else do we got? Uh, speaking of having your names on music. it. Music. Music and the Billboard Hot 100, your singles chart. What's the hottest singles in your area this week? Uh, the hottest single in your area <laughs> is The Box by Roddy Rich. Yeah, after hanging out uh, somewhere in the middle of the top five last week, it is now number one. Uh, number two is Yummy by Justin Bieber. Which sucks, by the way. I, I heard that you song. Heard it? it sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for telling me not yeah, to listen don't to bother. it. Don't like I was already planning on not listening well, to it. Well, did you really think a song named Yummy would have a good chorus? No. Well, your instinct was correct. 
I mean, it'd just be yummy over and over again. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah? Yeah, you're not missing okay, anything. Okay, not missing are, anything then. You already know what this is. I know what the song is then. Uh, number three is Circles by Post Malone because of course it yep. is. Uh, number four is Memories by Maroon 5 because of course it is. Yep. And Which I swear, every time I hear it, I think of like a graduation. It is. Like Memories, memories, memories. Yeah, every time I hear it, I'm like, I feel like a bunch of 13-year-olds are being made, are going to make, be made, made to walk to this in June. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and number five, ten thousand hours it's by amazing. Dan and Shay. Yes, but and I'm not going to say Justin Bieber. And name. Justin Bieber. I'm not going to say his name. He's got a credit in that song. I'm not going to. No, say it's not a featuring credit. I wrote exactly what Billboard had. I know it's ampersand. Yes, because Dan and <laughs> Shay and Shea Justin. Because Dan plus Shay and Justin Bieber. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> Let's go to the Billboard 200. Let's, let's Your go. album's chart. Sure. Uh, where, please excuse me for being antisocial, yep. is your number one album. Back at number one. By Roddy Rich. Uh, number two, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Yep. Number three, Fine Line by Harry Styles. Yep. Number four, Jack Boys. Yep. By Jack Boys. Yep. And number five, Frozen 2 by Various Artists. <laughs> yep. Kind of boring week. Yep. Nothing new. I think this is the same thing as last week. Uh, expect Selena Gomez to be your number one next week. Uh, well, we'll talk about Selena Gomez in a bit here. We will. Uh, but, in case you, Selena Gomez doesn't tickle your fancy, we have new releases. <laughs> uh, we have X, colon, The Godless Void, <laughs> and Other Stories. Sounds fun. By dot dot dot... <laughs> And you will know us by the trait of dead. Trail. Trait. Did I mistype that? Yeah. Trail of dead. Trail of dead. By Trail of Dead. Are you familiar with Trail of Dead? No. Okay. Well, uh, that's them. I, I, I might know. I might get to know them because you will know us. Eventually, <laughs> you, maybe. You will know them by the Trail of Dead. Yes. Uh, we'll They've been start... around for a while. So, yeah. This is another album. Well, I don't know them. Well, now I know of them. And you know of them. Uh, we also have There Is No Year by Algiers. Okay. I hate this title already. Okay. 2020 Vision uh-huh. by Anti-Flag. Let's see what they did there. I hate it already. <laughs> uh, we also have Everything Else Has Gone Wrong <laughs> by Bombay Bicycle Club. Uh-huh. We also have Manic by Halsey. Deleter by Holy Fuck. Yeah, that's the name of the band. Nightfall <laughs> by Little Big Town. Yep. Circles. Not by <laughs> Post Malone. <laughs> not the Post Malone Circles. But Circles by Mac Miller. Yes, the posthumous Mac Miller record. Uh, also, You Are Fun. I am. Actually, I'm going to call it Urfun. Yeah. By Of Montreal. Uh-huh. And Marigold by Pine Grove. Yeah, so... There's a uh, little bit of everything here. Yeah, kind of the, the biggest release this week is probably the Halsey record. Um, if you're not into country, in that case, yeah. it is the Little Big yeah, Town little record. Little Big Town record, second yes. place. But yes, but but probably the biggest biggest uh, question mark here is, is that is Halsey uh, good enough to, uh, to to warrant like a like a hit record, or is she just a singles artist? Well, right, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But don't be surprised if Little Big Town actually makes, actually charts... In two weeks, okay. I'm still I'm still reeling after that Lady Antebella 
little big town collab song that sounded like eight people trying to sing over each other. It might be on this that. album. It's still happening right now. I mean, like, for somewhere, if you listen hard enough, you can hear them all. If you listen it. hard enough, they're still singing over each other. <laughs> still singing over each other. Try, try to get that last note in. Who's idea was that? Who thought that was a good idea? I think it was someone saying, wait, are they not the same band? <laughs> no. Like, have you ever seen them in the same room? And then somebody was like, I dare you to put them in the same room, and then it happened. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry. <laughs> Little Big Town Lady Antebellum. They're the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. Alright. Moving on to actual music news then. Yes. Actual yes? music news. Alright, so first up, the Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, or the Rock and Roll. Rock and Hall Roll Fame. Hall of Fame. Yes. Well, the 2020 inductees have yes. been announced. We have inductees. And they include Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, the Notorious B.I.G., mm-hmm. and T-Rex. I've been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Aren't these the ones I totally called? I believe you called uh, <laughs> like almost six all of, these. of these. Yeah, yeah. I think I did pretty well. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> receiving the Ahmet Erdogan Award, uh, which is essentially for non-performing professionals, our longtime Bruce Springsteen manager and former music critic, critic John Landau, mm-hmm. and veteran Eagles manager and multifaceted executive Irving Azoff. Mm-hmm. The 35th annual ceremony will be broadcast live for the first time this year on May 2nd on HBO. Yeah. In previous years, it had always been shown days later. Yeah, it was always like the weekend it was. Yeah, it, was. it was recorded and then shown later. But yeah. this time, it'll be live. Nice. Uh, from it'll be live from the public auditorium in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I believe the heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. So yes, it sense. is. Uh, tickets are on <laughs> sale February twenty seventh. Performances and special guests will be announced later. Basically, who will be inducting each uh, each act? Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, Whitney Houston. Uh, well, obviously, there. she will not be there. No, but who will be accepting yeah, it on? On and her she behalf. does have a, uh, you know, a... Um, estate. Estate, yes. So somebody will represent her. Yes. Uh, I wonder if all of Nine Inch Nails will be there. I 100% doubt it. I'm <laughs> down on that. Although, uh, yeah, it was interesting because, like, uh, Trent Reznor has basically spent the whole week being, like, basically burying old comments that he made about right. thought how the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame sucked. Yes. It didn't matter. Now he's like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm honored. Oh, like, thank you. Um... Now, now that I am officially in, I, right. I will no longer say bad things about you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was this her, like, first year, though? Second year? Uh, I believe, yes. I believe this was Nine Inch Nails' maybe second year of eligibility. Right. Uh, the notable people who did not make it, uh, there are a few. Uh, I believe that uh, Dave Matthews Band, even though there was a, a huge internet uh, support. No, thank you. Dave Matthews Band did not make the cut. No, thank you. <laughs> Dave Matthews and his band. Any other? Wait another year. Uh, That might be a posthumous one. (laughs) No. What do you? What's? What do you know that we don't know about Dave Matthews? That he will not get in as long as he is alive. Wow. Harsh words. 
Sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's Lizzo. <laughs> All right, what else happened in music this week? Uh, other music news, yes. Apple TV. Well, I mean, it's not really an Apple TV story. It just happens to happen on Apple TV. Well, I didn't want to exactly search for a Beastie Boys uh, sure, logo, not? so I decided to go with Apple TV because... Ain't nothing wrong with Beastie Boys. Apple TV Plus <laughs> has nabbed rights to Beastie Boys Story. Yes. A documentary about the legendary rap trio produced by Spike Jones. Yeah. The movie features Beastie Boys Adam Horowitz mm-hmm. and Mike Diamond discussing the group's 40-year friendship and rise to fame as hip-hop exploded in the late 1980s. The movie billed as a live quotes, in quotes, live (laughs) documentary was shot at Brooklyn's King's Theater. Uh, The pair also paid tribute to founding member Adam Yaw, a.k.a. MCA, Mm -hmm. who died of cancer at age 47 in 2012. Yes. Uh, I remember because I was was in a bar when I found out and we ended up commiserating with a bunch of other people at that bar. No, no, no. Uh, BC Boys Story is set to debut in IMAX theaters on April 3rd and will be available via Appy, Apple TV Appy Plus TV. April 24th. <laughs> Appy TV. Appy TV. I, I will watch this. This sounds uh, cool. And I've been meaning to read that book. This is uh, kind of related to they put out a book called The Beasties Boys Book Okay. Uh, last year, uh, which was also kind of like a like a self like self-told like story of the of their their rise um and yeah uh here it's a really really entertaining kind of book uh so yeah this will be like a, a visual version of the kind of the same story but interesting yeah i i love the bc boys i'm really uh their story is fascinating so yeah it, it'd be really cool, cool yeah i'm not high on their music but their story oh man when's the last time you listened to paul's boutique never well, you should give that a try Trust me, if you listen to any Beastie Error, Boys... not found. If you, if you listen to any Beastie Boys record, this is like me trying to get you to listen to early R.E.M. I swear, like, this, this is going to have to be a recurring <laughs> segment on the Media Folk Podcast. Me trying to get you to listen to old music. My, my whole of music. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, if you're going to listen to any Beastie Boys record, I re- recommend listening to Paul's Boutique. Uh, the idea of samples were new around 1988. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it was a revolutionary record at the time. Okay. And it's so based on samples of music from the era, so. Are they going to be yelling at me? Yes. Kind okay. of. But not necessarily, bad, like, not like an angry yelling. It's a fun yell. I'll determine what is a fun yell. <laughs> it's a fun record. I, it, it's, 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 it's really cool, and it still sounds cool. All right, well, speaking of things that sound cool today... Okay. Let's get right into our thoughts. Yeah, let's... Uh, the, let's hear anything else to say about the BC Boys. Uh, no, no, that's it. That's that's a really, actually, a pretty a, pretty apt um, uh, segue, because uh, we listened to the same thing this week. Surprisingly. I'm well, gonna, no, I actually tried to find the Kesha record yeah, to listen to. Yeah, it did not come out. Uh, I don't know where Metacritic was getting its information, but it was not out last week. Right. Um, um, maybe it was, got delayed. Yeah, but what was out... And what we listen to. I want to hear your thoughts about it first before I talk about what I thought about it. But yes, uh, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. She's and her, rare, um, from what I understand. Oh, that song. Is she rare? Is she special? <laughs> I, I, is she a legendary? Is she a shiny? Is she? I mean, is it? Is she? Is it harder to find a Selena Gomez than it is to find a Taylor Swift? I would argue yes. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, I think she is rare. 
It is fair. There's less of a chance to catch her. <laughs> She's a le- uh, lower catch percentage. Sorry, anyway. Yes. So, it, it, yes, Selena Gomez is rare. Yes, the title... Yes, and the title... title, title and the, ch- and uh, the first track. The first track is also called Rare. And, uh, yeah, it just made me wonder, like, did we officially run out of ways to say you're one in a million? You're premium? <laughs> you're uh, special? It's all the above. Rare. You're rare? I think rare is a good word. I don't think it's... Uh, it's not used very often. It's, not, it's underused. I no. think it's smart. I don't think it's underused. I just think it's not used very okay. often. Well, enough about the semantics of the word rare. Okay. What did you think about rare? Um, so I had listened... Uh, when I didn't have my Spotify hooked up to my car, I listened to the radio a lot. Okay. And they played a lot of that Selena Gomez song, To Love, Love. Uh, 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 I need to lose, lose you, you to, to love, love me. me. That is the name of that love, song. Love, yes. I love. Yes. When love, I first heard that song, love. I was kind of down on it. I was like, oh, it's kind of boring. I don't really get it. Every subsequent time I've heard it, it's been growing on me. Same. I yeah. thought when I first heard it, wow, this is a slow-ass, yeah. slow song. What is this really doing? really grew on me, though. And then I, the more they play, I was like, eh, okay, now I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. it now. I get it. It's fine. I like it. But if you liked that song, <laughs> this is not the album you the think it is. not like that song. Yes, The whole album. Like, it's whole, an outlier. It is. It definitely is an outlier. Which makes me wonder why that was a single put out if it doesn't necessarily reflect what the album is. I have maybe an idea, but I'll get to that when I say my piece. Uh, but what do you think about the rest of it? This album sounded like it should be in a club. I wanted to hear the club remix of this album. <laughs> I think the club remix would be better than this. what this album gives me. Mm. Um, that being said, it is a lot of heavy beats. It is a lot of sounding very formulaic. Mm. In its pop poppiness, um, I think the lyrics are great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about all I can give it. The lyrics mm-hmm. are great, but it just sounds like a very oh. produced album of the two of the past three years. Mm-hmm. It does take a lot from Lana Del Rey, though. I will say that <laughs> it definitely takes a lot mm-hmm. from her. Okay, uh, but not my kind of jam. Didn't enjoy it? I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. It's not <laughs> my kind of jam. Okay. You seem to be on the other hand. I really liked it. Okay. I really enjoyed this record. I think uh, Selena Gomez uh, has a really good ear for interesting, an interesting take on uh, pop music. I think that, yeah, I think that the reason possibly that she did choose Lose You to Love Me as the single is because the rest of it doesn't necessarily seem super radio ready. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. Like, I think that there's a real skill that she's employing with the production of these Mm. songs that's not really that ready for radio play. And it makes it a really interesting uh, sounding album, but I don't know if they're ready to be singles because I don't think that's what she's going for. Uh, it's an interesting contrast from the uh, Camila Cabello record I talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, they're interesting to compare because Camila Cabello is very obviously going for the singles. She is very obviously trying to continue the success she already had, but the results of that are kind of middling. Whereas Selena, I think she has a very clear grasp on what she wants her sound to be. Like, uh, you know, like her biggest singles, like... Uh, like, can't keep my hands to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very specific kind of, like, mix that she has between, like, like pop construction and kind of, like, a world beat kind of thing going on. And a lot of that is in this record. 
And like, yeah, it's it. I thought there was a lot of really cool, uh, cool production techniques. I thought it was really cool. I agree. Like, a lot of the lyrics were really, really creative. Mm-hmm. Definitely has that advantage over someone like Camilla. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. I don't know necessarily if there needs to be a club remix <laughs> because it, I thought some. I thought a lot. It of definitely it sounded like a lot of it. What had the heavy bass going mm-hmm. for it yeah. that sounded like okay this is going to be in a club somewhere yeah i think and i think that that goes to show that she's collaborating with people who are a little little bit more underground mm-hmm. than i think that uh than you would expect and yeah i think there is a lot of influence i think there's a little bit of a taylor swift influence here. yeah i think she's definitely learning from her friends and you can like collaborating with her friends and you can feel a little bit of that also you can feel a little post billy eilish energy here uh, yes, like you we can. live in a very post Billy Eilish world now, and that pop, our pop, the pop music that comes out of the industry is going to reflect that. I mean, when Billy Eilish's album was and song were number two on both the Hot 100 and 200, yeah, literally for weeks, yeah. trailing only one, either Post Malone's album or um, <laughs> Lil Nas X, Nas X <laughs> song, yeah. So, yeah, so it was her at number two. So yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I could understand where you're coming through from, though, because if you're expecting something huge and mainstream, this is not that. Well, I wasn't expecting something huge or mainstream. I was expecting something kind of like the single, and, it's and then not it, that. then it yeah. threw a bunch of like hard beats in my face, yes. and I was and I like, think that that's what? why she went with it because I think that I think that that that, that was a calculated thing mm-hmm. where she knew that right now ballads are hot. Think about it. 2019 was a year of a lot of a lot of big like slower kind of songs yeah um the more like like i was reading kind of a piece about about this record on one of the music blogs i follow and they were talking about how like selena gomez was one of the artists kind of in the 2010s that were kind of like moving like the the pop sound away from the EDM inspired bombast of the early 2010s, mm-hmm. like something like a Kesha or like a Lady Gaga were doing. Like part of the decade as it went on was let's move away from the bombast and let's move into kind of more like these kind of chiller beats. And I think that that's something she excels at. I can definitely see that going yeah. through, but again, yeah. not my specific cup of tea. All right. Well, there you go. We're, yeah. we're, we're a house divided on Selena. All right. So are you anything for Selena? <laughs> no? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I'm, all I I'm got. I'm blown up here. So. All right. Okay. So that's... That's it for music thoughts? That's then. it for music thoughts then. Um, let's move into video games. Let's. Kind of start trickling into the wrap up here. Yes, indeed. Let's do it. All right. Last uh, segment, video we, games. We start video games with new releases. We actually have some. We actually have some. For the first time in three weeks, yep. we have games. Uh, we Two have games. Tokyo Mirage Session. Yes. Hashtag FE. <laughs> Encore for the Switch. Yes, this is a, um, a remaster of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which was a Wii U game. Okay. Does uh, FE mean Final Edition? No, it means Fire Emblem, because this is a crossover of the... Atlas's Shin Megami Tensei series and Fire Emblem. Oh. Yeah, that's what this is. With the name like Tokyo Mirage Sessions? It does not say that at all. I would have guessed <laughs> this was a car drifting game. <laughs> you're not always drifting when you're in Tokyo, okay? I don't know. You're not required to drift. But you have Tokyo. 
Also, I thought Fire Emblem was like ye old timey. It is. So the Fire Emblem characters come into the Shin Megami Tensei world through a portal. Yeah, because Shin Megami very is very stupid. modern. Like, it sounds like a ridiculous like. Is this this uh, the token anime crossover event? This is a anime crossover event, but a video game. Yes. Okay. That's what this is. Alright, All right, so this is the Capcom versus Marvel <laughs> Infinity Stone game. crossover. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but, okay. But right. What else is that this week? Uh, we also have Dragon Ball Z colon Kakarot. Yes. For the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yeah, it seems like an open world anime game. You know what this is. It's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's Dragon Ball Z. It's a Dragon Ball Z game. Yep. Um, it's a Kakarot. What is a Kakarot? Yeah, what's a Kakarot? You know what a Kakarot is? Sounds like a cockroach. No, Kakarot is uh, <laughs> Japanese for carrot. Okay. To play on carrot. Alright. Because that's what Goku is. Is everything named after food in Dragon Ball? Yes. There's like carrot and there's like veg- ve- Vegeta? Yes, vegetable. vegetable. Yes, Vegeta is named... So Vegeta, and uh-huh. then his brother is named Tarble. What's so Vegetarble. Oh my god. And then there's Piccolo and Krillin and <laughs> You're right. Yamcha. Yeah, they're all food. Yeah. Anyway. Master Roshi. Is he food? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's all food. It's all food. Yes. It's, until you get to, like, he runs out of food and starts taking uh, things out of, after spices. Oh, well, yeah, that's food adjacent. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, so those are your new releases this week. Uh, yeah, those are your two new releases this week. Yep, that's it. Um, so, remember how last week we talked about... Uh, Pokemon and PlayStation? Yeah. Well, this week we're talking about about Pokemon PlayStation PlayStation and Pokemon. Uh, Different stories, though. Oh, yes. Well, the Pokemon one is more like... The follow-up. Yeah, follow-up. Well, uh, Sony have announced their PlayStation E3 2020 plans. Yeah, there are none. And just like last year, (laughs) they won't be having a presence at the event. Yup. In a statement to Games Industry... Dot Biz. Dot Biz. Yep. Uh, Sony said that after careful consideration, a.k.a. how much money did we save, they, quote, do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year. We will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. Our focus is to make sure fans feel part of the PlayStation family, and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans, said an unnamed Sony Interactive (laughs) Executive spokesperson. So, last year, when we talked about this, it was a big deal, but there was also kind of the understanding, though, well, this isn't a launch year. Like, this is kind mm-hmm. of a middle year. They don't have a whole lot of games to show, so it would make some sense for them not to be here, but they'll definitely be back next year. That's you know, what everyone said. Because they have a console, and this is where you go to do a big console reveal. So, now it's become very apparent that Sony is not bailing because they don't have enough to show. They are literally bailing because E3 is not the show they want it to be anymore. Mm-hmm. It has gone so down the PAX rabbit hole of public attendance yep. and like insanity and that, that Sony is like, we can't adequately do the thing that we used to be able to do here anymore. 
Well, you know why it went down that route, right? Well, you, well, the ESA loves money. Is probably the main reason. Yes, it's a business, <laughs> and they can get a lot more income coming mm-hmm. from from the fans, the fans, right. and and overcrowding each festival hall. Yeah, and yeah, and lines just to so, yeah. you know, make a buck. So yeah, Sony uh, isn't super clear about. Also, there's got to be a lot of security for new stuff. Oh yeah. Also, it's since uh, at PS5. Um, not only that, but I'm gonna put a little um, conspiracy tinfoil hat out okay. there that they're gonna wait for Microsoft to announce their specs and then come out a week later and say, "This is what we can do." Yeah. Who and, knows exactly what their approach is? Uh, and try and do the one up. But word on the street, though, says that Sony's actually aiming to, to beat Microsoft to the punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Scuttlebutt is saying that as early as next month, we could see a big fan-focused streaming PlayStation event happen that Sony puts on themselves uh, in lieu of a big E3 expo. So uh, this would be the time where they would show the box, show some uh, launch games, and go crazy with it. So that way they have the long tail in front of Microsoft, so Microsoft's the one following. I'm trying to think if they did an event last February for like the PSVR. So they did not do anything last year. They it, skipped last year. Was it the it year was before? the year before. You're thinking the PlayStation Experience stuff yeah. that they used to do. Mm-hmm. They skipped okay. last year on that, but chances are uh, this year that should return. Yeah, okay. But yeah, uh, I think this is smart. I honestly think that the thing that E3 used to be, where you could make a big splash with a big new console, mm-hmm. is not what this E3 is. And even Microsoft knows it. Yes, they plan on having a uh, um, a uh, presence at this show. Uh, they pat the name on the theater for crying out loud. They can't not be there. <laughs> uh, but they were smart to do the big box reveal before. They knew that that's not the venue to do that kind of thing anymore. E3 is a different show. Well, I think E3 is a show if you have the gimmick rather than yeah. just the hardware. Because, like, when the Switch came out, they had tons of consoles out there for everyone to try on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, same thing with, like, the 3DS and the Wii. It's, like, the thing. But with Sony and Microsoft, they're hardware boxes, essentially. And it's not... Flashy, it's not showy, it's all the numbers. It's more about the services, yeah, more about the and you can't really show off services, right, to individual patrons as they pass by. There, it's just we live in a world where they're the things that they do best can be now shown easier, Mm -hmm. more easily on a screen. Yep, so yeah, it's not, it's a little bit of a surprise just considering the context since they've shown literally premiered every single PlayStation at E3, yeah. Even the original PlayStation, which was at the first E3 in 95. Yep. And so to not be there is kind of nuts. But besides that, the actual reasons, when you start logicking it out, makes total sense. Well, yeah, but, you know, it being the 25th year of the PlayStation reveal, you thought, eh. Or not the PlayStation reveal, but the PlayStation. Yeah, the PlayStation's launch in America uh, will be 25 this year. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Right. All right. Second story. Second story is... Pokemon? Yes. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Well, it's funny you say that, because if you were one of the hundreds, or rather dozens, <laughs> of rabid fans... Dozens! ...who complained about not being able to catch them all, well, yeah. guess what? Pokemon heard. Well, sort of. Sort of. Um, 
A load more Pokemon are being added to Pokemon Sword and Shield over the next 12 months as part of the new Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass. Yes. But don't fret, yo. <laughs> They're not all new Pokemon, as more familiar faces are getting added too. Across the two new locations being added to the five Galarian regions, uh, sorry, to the Galarian region of Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. Mm-hmm. Trainers will meet a plethora of new and fam- more familiar critters to add to your Pokemon Sword and Shield Pokedex. Free updates will be released for Pokemon Sword and Shield at the same time each of the expansion launches, uh, allowing players who haven't purchased the pass to receive the Pokemon that will be added through means such as trading. Uh, you'll also be able to bring past Pokemon into your game using Pokemon Home, of course, which is now scheduled to launch in February of 2020. Although you'll only be able to import Pokemon that appear in the Isle of Armor or the Crown Tundra expansions. The two expansions um, will launch in June of 2020 and Autumn of 2020, respectively, Mm -hmm. but you can purchase the expansion pass right now for some exclusive bonuses. So yeah, the one thing the story doesn't say is the expansion pass is twenty nine ninety nine. It so is thirty dollars uh, for both for islands. Both. You do get both when they're released. Yes. So uh, that brings the total price for the game to ninety dollars. Well, yes, but like no one ever thinks about games like that. Like, yes. When you start saying like, oh, but well, Call of Duty Four pits cost. $100 cuz I paid for all these map packs nobody says that. <laughs> right, I know. No one looks at Fortnite and says, "Oh, right. the game cost $500. That's how much I <laughs> spent." Money on it. So yeah, as the as the story just said, it's not required to actually purchase these to get all the new uh to new and returning Pokémon. Mm-hmm. And uh, you will be able to trade into them uh to receive them and you'll be able to import them once Pokémon Home launches next month. Yes. Um but the actual uh, expansions um, are kind of interesting sounding, like beyond just the new Pokemon. Uh, the story doesn't really go into this, but uh, they're kind of like new wild areas. They'll be like expansive kind of exploration-based uh, kind of areas. There will be some minor story content, from what I understand. Okay. Uh, they didn't make the huge deal out of it, but they basically no. mentioned that there will be some characters that you'll encounter. I feel like it needs to have some type some of story some yeah. to get people, because otherwise yeah. once you beat the game, you're just... Going there to fill out the Pokedex yeah, and catch Pokemon? Be some sort of hook, but it seemed like they really went heavy on the, the on the idea that these are extensions of the wild area setup. So it will be in the same kind of free camera view. It will have uh, dens mm-hmm. for max raids. Uh, and that will be the, the, the main driving force will be look at all the Pokemon you can get now. Right. I mean, they're adding 200 Pokemon. Yeah. And they can to do that this. something with a delivery mechanism like the wild area where they can cycle them in and out. Right. Like they have been doing already. Right, because the wild area is right now. They cycle them out yeah. via, um, not, what is it, um, weather cycles. Right, right, exactly. And, and little smaller areas. So, yeah. It's smart. Um, I think that this was a smart kind of approach to kind of quell the fan angst about the lack of all their favorites. But also smart because... It's finally modernizing, like, it feels like a modern choice for a, a series that 
a lot of people complain is stagnant. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like in the, before they would have announced a, and what we expected them to do was announce a new game. Basically, right. that would have done this. And instead of doing a full $60 product that you would have to buy to get all this bonus stuff, they're just giving it to you for 30 They're just being like, hey, no, we heard you. you play the existing game you already own and get all this extra content in it. Right. Well, this is also something that is able to do with updated hardware, with yeah. this new hardware. Like, it's being connected to the internet. Yeah. They know that, uh, unlike the 3DS, mm-hmm. the vast majority of the users that play this game on Switch are most of the time connected to a Wi-Fi service. Mm-hmm. It is not an explicit, like, required handheld, so they can make some sort of bet, yeah, that most of their most of the user base is connected. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. I might not pick it up because I want more information. I want to know yeah. if it's worth it. Story-wise, we're still pretty because, far out from even the first one, right? I mean, like, I want to know what happens because I haven't beat the game yet. Yeah. I want to know how much I'm going to come back to it after I beat the game. I think that's a big thing yeah. too. Honestly, I haven't come back to it a lot after mm-hmm. I beat the game. I did a little bit of battle tower stuff, but really, that's like the one thing. So, like, right, and that's what I'm thinking is because yeah. I have other games to play on the Switch as well. So I'd say take a like finish it. I do think you should still finish it, yeah. But then take a break until the. Stuff oh yeah, I'm going to like, finish it until we know I need more to about the it. stuff for sure. I need, yeah. I need to finish it before we can poke about it. <laughs> yes. So yeah, like I think that uh, I think these are cool ideas, and it's a very modern take on expanding Pokemon content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm 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 down. I'm down for more Sword and Shield. All right. Uh, do you have any? Thoughts then? Uh, thoughts. Games. I've just been playing more Call of Duty. Um, I don't think I played anything else. Uh, I've right. been playing more Pokemon. Um, I've been abusing Poke jobs whenever I can. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that is literally how I've been leveling up all my Pokemon and yeah. then put them into my party so they can gain one level and evolve and then put them <laughs> right back in the box. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, fun. It is fun. I mean, the Pokemon hate me, but it's fun. <laughs> She named Pokemon He Hate Me. He Hate Me? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I'm still trying to get a Surf Fetch, but trying to just get a critical hit is freaking impossible. Do you think He Hate Me has ever played a Pokemon game? Probably. <laughs> At least one? At least one. What do you think He Hate Me is doing right now? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you when I go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. God. <laughs> Low joke. Uh, anyway. right, anyways, my mom plug away. We're done here. Anything else coming back this fall? Uh, oh, it is, it is actually. <laughs> I know. I'm probably joke. doing a fantasy football Gross. for XFL. You know what? You know what? I would do a fantasy football draft for the XFL. You want to be a part of that? Would be something stupid that I would enjoy doing. It is something stupid because no one knows how these players are going <laughs> to yes, be. Exactly. You have zero data on everyone. That's why I would do it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll pass the message along. <laughs> That you're interested in doing an XFL <laughs> fantasy it's football just such draft. A stupid idea. I love it. Okay. The, the first fantasy is will they last all season? <laughs> yes, exactly. Will they play more than two games? <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. That's it for the Media Book Podcast. Good? Thank you for joining us. We will be back live next week on uh, for another Wednesday edition of our live show. If you want to watch us live, 
Go to youtube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, find the page, like, subscribe, click the bell, get notifications when we go live. That's our song. Uh, if you want to hear just the audio version of our podcast, we have that for you as well. If you go to Media Boat Podcast on any of your podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, you can also find us uh, streaming video games every once in a while on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. You can find us on social media. Twitter, our handle is at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search MediaBoatPodcast, find our page, comment there as well. You can also find us on, what else am I missing? Oh, Patreon, the important one. If yes. you want to donate to us uh, and help us make this show better and uh, get some special things in return, consider becoming a patron of the show. But don't worry, as little as a dollar a month is all we ask. Even that small, small amount, a fraction of a coffee every month, uh, can help us make even better shows. So please, patreon.com slash mediaboat, consider going there and donating. And that'll be it. I think that'll Thank be it. for joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode. But for now, yep. have a good week, y'all. We'll have more uh, news for you. I may actually get around to watching some Marriage Story Maybe. eventually. Maybe. It's a forever to. watch list, apparently. I, I might... At some point. Uh, we will have uh, final thoughts on the circle next week. I guess so. If we must. Oh, All we right. must. We must. All right. Have a good uh, three-day weekend. Yep. Since most of you out there will have three-day weekend this weekend. Uh, I do not. I don't. So, bye. Some do. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>